Welcome to another episode of Civic Cypher. I'm your host, Ramses Ja. Ramses calls me Q. Yes, indeed. Uh, people at the club and other venues call me Q Ward. Some people put a DJ on the front of that. It's kind of what I go by. Yes, indeed. And um, back again to talk about what's going on in the world, the goings on in black America. Yes. Not just black America. America. Black existence. <laughs> and that, that part. Um... But a great show this week. Um, this week we are going to talk about some, you know, admittedly the show is heavy um, on many occasions, but this week we're going to talk about some heavy things, but some, some things that we don't normally get to talk about. Um, you know, one such thing is we're going to talk about a story where um, some policing is done in a very heroic manner. And on this show, you know, we've been very critical of the way policing is done in this country, especially when it comes to black and brown bodies. Um, but we have a story. Uh, we were able to watch the video and, and of course we'll talk through it, but a great story of an example of policing done right and, and really want to highlight the difficulties of the job and, and the heroic nature of at least these police officers, um, you know, doing what they did. So um, I'm really happy to be able to highlight that story. Um, we're also going to spend some time talking about um, uh, Al Sharpton taking on a case of a white victim, which is new. Um, that doesn't happen very often. And of course, uh, we have our uh, Baba. Uh, we have a good one for you this week. And um, right now, I think we should spend some time talking about some Ebony excellence. That sound good to you? Absolutely. Okay, well then, uh, let's get to it. Uh, the name Zaila Avant-Garde mean anything to you, Q? First of all, this queen's last name is Avant-Garde. <laughs> which would make you stop, even if you had no idea why you were reading her name. If you saw it, you'd have to pause to just look further into that. <laughs> uh, our first black national spelling bee champion. Indeed. Which would be enough by itself and she's 14 she just also happens to be one of the best people on earth to dribble a basketball that too and not just dribble a basketball if you can google her and and, and check out her highlights she's really good at playing basketball in general and juggling and everything with the basketball yeah, she's, she's just a she's incredible you can you can see the way her brain works differently um in the way that she handles the, the the juggling and the basketball and so forth it's just you can see that her mind is just a, on a different level there's likely nothing that she wants to be good at that she's not yeah exactly that's what i gather from watching I, I, her I, there's something I, I i don't know why it comes to mind right now but something about a world record or something like that yeah she's got multiple guinness oh, okay so that was world records for okay. dribbling basketball yes sir. yeah yeah so um I love taking a moment to highlight some ebony excellence. So necessary. Yeah, exactly. And so Zaila Avant-Garde for for this week on Civic Cipher. You know, we we salute you, you know. Please keep shining baby girl. We love to see it. We might salute her again in a few you weeks. Know, we, we might have to, man. And and, and again, Zaila Avant-Garde. Z A I L A Avant-Garde if you want to check her out. Um she's got tons of videos and all that sort of stuff. Um, just an inspirational human being and a black human being and, and that's special around here. And so, yeah, 
wanted to take a moment to um, highlight that. But really excited. Excited is kind of not really the best word, but um, really, um, what's the word I'm thinking? Maybe interested in talking about our first topic this week, which is uh, a video that came our way uh, that takes place in Toledo, Ohio. Uh, and this was on July 5th of this year, 2021. And it is believed to be a gang shootout. So I, kn I know you saw the video, so you, you had a great way of recalling the video. So I want to hear uh, the first thing I want to point out is something that you've already said. And I'm glad you used this word specifically heroic. OK, uh, a lot of people assign the word hero to the badge by itself. Yeah. As if if you're a police officer, you're a hero. Nah. And that's not always the case. Watching this video is very clear from the moment that they arrive that they're not just mindlessly brave and heroic in the way that they think they should be like in movies they are actively doing the job we wish they would always do yep they are trying their best to protect the civilians they are trying to their best in a very chaotic place super to discern who the victims or possible casualties or bystanders are and the, the shooters versus the shooters yeah. and there's moments in the video where there's complete darkness and muzzle flash and that's it and they're running in that direction yeah moving people out of the way rushing people to safety yeah. um aggressively trying to serve and protect a community literally under fire the date just stood out to me you said july 5th yep. because if you're just listening to this audibly it sounds like the fireworks it's that many gunshots that it sounds like a fireworks show. And these officers are running toward the fireworks and really, really in a way that has to be, even if you're really brave, terrifying. It's terrifying to watch. And trying their best to make sure that everyone is safe behind some sort of shelter running away from the danger as they run toward it as they run toward it yeah it's really relieving is a word that comes to mind refreshing it's what as a kid you expect police officer behavior to look like all right let me jump in right here please so um this video it's it's body cam footage so i have to talk you through it if you're listening it's body cam footage of one officer it looks almost like blair witch project footage right um it's unreal and you know as you mentioned q just shot shot bang 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 bang, bang. <laughs> pop, pop, pop. the whole time and then people screaming everywhere and i need you to understand that that most of the people that i saw on the video that were under fire were black people, okay? So that's part of the reason why it's important for us to have this conversation. Um, these guys run 
in the direction, as Q said, and they're yelling at people and they're doing their best to try to figure out where the shooters are or whatever. But it's, it's multiple shooters. You can t just tell. There's different um, uh, f frequencies of fires from different automatic weapons. I, that's the best way I can describe it. I'm not a gun person, but f firing rates are yeah. different. So there's different weapons, I guess, being discharged. Um, and you can tell that there's firing and then returning fire, right? And the officers are just running into a field of cars, and it's it's like a, a street with cars yeah. on this side and that side, and they don't know. Residential neighborhood. Something like so that. So even your line of sight isn't clear. It's not like an open battlefield like a military would deal with. This is a neighborhood. Yeah, and, and people can hide in different places, and you don't know where it's coming from. So, um, And then, of course, it's night. So it's it's dark and, you know, the people are screaming and they're, oh, no, she shot over there. Yo, uh, get behind the car. Uh, don't move. You know, like, the you know, the yelling. Obviously, there's a lot of profanity in there because everybody's freaked out and tensions are high and the police are just kind of human. And that's what I want to talk about. Humans. A story that really helped frame this radio show, Civic Cipher. Um took place when Q and I took a road trip in 2020 and we were pulled over in Mississippi we talked about this and we, I get the feeling we're gonna have to tell this story quite a few times but for those of you who are newer to you know the audience of Civic Cipher um, a quick and dirty version of the story is we got pulled over in Mississippi um, in the middle of the night by two police officers minding our own business from two different agencies too right a sheriff, sheriff and, and a highway patrol right. officer um we ended up getting pulled out of the car um detained on the side of the road and they brought out like the drug sniffing dogs and they did all this sort of stuff to us in my belief and in my estimation based on how we look there was no real reason for them to search our car to suspect that we were inebriated or anything like that um and you know, we talked to the officers in a calm manner. At no point did we lose our composure. It wasn't that kind of a party. But they were insisting on finding something. And then they made up something and they had an excuse to bring out the dog. And the dog supposedly alerted them to the fact that the, the non-fact that we Which were transporting impossible. drugs in a brand new vehicle There's that we no just picked up. The dog alerted you to anything right but they made that their story so that they can then go in and, and search the car subsequently now when we originally told that story um one of the things that we were able to do is identify the difference mm -hmm. between a person yes who is a police officer and a police officer like like that you you wake up a police officer you go to sleep a police officer and that's your whole thing you're just so committed to that not job but that idea the identity like you're always on you know this yeah. guy and both of these officers were black and they were doing this to us so i maintain that we're not critical of police because they're often white we're critical of policing as an institution because it often fails and that type of institution you cannot have an error rate really any higher than zero same as like airplanes you cannot have an error rate higher than zero it has to be zero if, if you're dealing with life and death and people with the oppor opportunity and the and the license to execute human beings on the street like animals right and i think that that's fair 
that there is no acceptable error rate. There's no such, there should be no such thing as bad apples, and the, the nature and the framework of the institution is flawed at its core, especially when it comes to interacting with and judging and sentencing uh, black and brown bodies. <clears throat> with that said, um, our story, we were able to identify one of the officers, I believe he was the sheriff, Yes, was a cool person. He tried to make sure we were okay. He, was just, he tried to make sure we didn't feel... Like we like were going to die. Like he knew we felt. <laughs> yeah. Right? He approached it like, okay. I see what's going on. It's 2 o'clock in the morning. I get it. Two young yeah. brothers. We're in Mississippi. And this is last summer. So this is the height of protest season. What our country is <laughs> dealing with. Yeah. We just, we've just driven through three states of Confederate flags and, you know, Trump signs. Yeah. This officer approached it like, okay, let me make sure that these guys aren't scared to death. Because everything about the circumstances right now would justifiably lead to them feeling that way. Sure. The other officer had no such concern. He wanted to find us to have a find something that we were doing wrong to have a reason to punish us. And there was nothing there. And the, th the scary part is not everyone is as squeaky clean as you and I and picture perfect. You and I have never even drank alcohol before. Right. Never in our lives have we drank alcohol. So that shows you the, the, the path that we lead. Not everyone can say that. People do live full lives and enjoy themselves in those ways and other ways, right? Um, but when we originally told that story, we recognized that oftentimes, if you're looking for something hard enough, you're going to find it even if it's not there, which is something that I say to sometimes romantic partners if they try to go through my phone <laughs> if you're looking for something you're gonna find it even if it's not there because your brain will make it real right so the same with the um the officer who was an officer he just was like i'm i'm here to enforce the law so let me enforce it how can i enforce the law on these people how can i enforce the law on these two young men whereas the other guy was he was a man first a living breathing man who recognized okay this situation requires empathy and, and tact and diplomacy and so forth and so on. This is not a high stress situation. I recognize who I'm dealing with. I've been able to assess the, the, the demeanor and the energy and so forth, and I can govern myself accordingly. The other guy was dead set on, nope, let's call the dogs. Oh no, the dog smelled, smelled something. And I remind you, a brand new car that we just got, and it was an electric car, so there's Hy no hybrid or is that what it was it was it's some kind of porsche or something like that so anyway um this car's brand new there's no and he's and then and then this officer after the whole ordeal takes two hours or however long we're on the side of the road all of our friends are scared because i'm of course on facebook live terrified um phone, phone dies phone so dies so no one knows what happened so what happens is at the end of that interaction that same officer who was he's a, a police officer only that guy says somebody might have brushed up against the car with a joint in his pocket when you stopped at a grocery store in Alabama. And, and that's, and that's that. why the dog smelled it. And that was as much of an excuse as he could render for A, wasting both of our times. He's not fighting real crime. He's just bothering us. And um, he, like, the thoroughness for such a petty thing feels like yeah, we should probably defund the police. There's too many police well, out here. Well, the dog doing can nothing. smell a miller, a miller something <laughs> of whatever what the human nose can smell. Listen, and man, stop. <laughs> anyway, uh, 
so yeah he um that that interaction helped me to determine um and to see firsthand that there is a difference between a police officer and a person who is a police officer the person first right and what i saw when i saw this video that took place in toledo ohio was a person when it was time to be a person because there's people all around and he could be scared of any one of these people he could justifiably be scared of all of them exactly that's what stood out to me he was not he from was the time he arrived he'd already made up his mind i am trying to save save people. as many people as possible thank you that's it that's it that you, you got to watch the video to see it and and again credit where it's due because that this this doesn't mean that we won't continue to be critical of the way policing is done in this country but when it's done right we have a responsibility as journalists you and i and swirl our show producer <laughs> have a responsibility to highlight that and bring the same energy to it right and so that's what we're doing right now now um the comments section. Now, I came across this video originally on Reddit, and uh, then we ended up talking about it in our in our group chat for the show. And just a heads up, because Ramses has mentioned this to me before, only Ramses has seen the comment section. I only watched the video. Right. So I'm very curious as to what this comment section looked and read and sounded like. So allow me to uh, explain. Um, as you can imagine, there's a lot of pro-police um, chatter in the comment section. Uh, don't ever look at a comment section. If you're, if you, please don't. It's just the, 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 the junk food of the internet. It's just bad for you. But, you know, for this type of show, it helps to kind of have a sense of the pulse of, you know, where people are, online people who are a little bit, admittedly, a little bit more brave and push their tongue out a little a bit further. A bit more brave. There you go. Thank you. So, um, so I'm in there swimming around trying to put this together because you know the description of the video doesn't really say much. It just says you know two cops charge into a war zone in Toledo, Ohio. I didn't know that it was. It appeared to be a, a, uh, an event where most of the people that were visit or hanging out at the event were black. So for people who are not familiar with Toledo, Ohio, it's the northern part of Ohio about an 80 mile trip south of detroit michigan the automotive industry brought a lot of black people to that area because there was industry there and sure. employment after you know slavery was um not just abolished but when people finally stopped <laughs> the practice of it so toledo does have uh, a nice concentration of black people sure sure so that's all we got so the comment section now um illuminates just kind of the, the back and forth and what's going on. What do people have to say about this, right? And obviously, I'm not going to read every comment on Reddit, but got a good sampling. And some there were some people in there that were saying, um, you know, uh, these were the same people shouting defund the police. So, you know, why would the police come and defend them? Or, or this what, what would you do if you defunded the police? You know, so that was a big deal in there. Um, there was another one that says, uh, you know, there's... This is what this is what our cops do. This is what our police do, um, and you know, whenever you have like a few bad apples, um, it it casts a shadow on what real policing is supposed to be and what real policing looks like. 
um, and so forth and so on. And some of them were were sensible. If 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 that's your worldview, they're sensible things to say, you know, sensible comments to make. And then some of them obviously was, oh yeah, I'm gonna get this off, it, like as like it were a sparring match between, you know, the other side. I'll call it our side, posting videos of police murdering people for no reason, right? So here's a so them saying here's a good example of what police do, and then on our side we put here's why we need to change the way the, policing is the, done. The 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 hilarious irony of that. Is that that's what we would post as an example of good policing too? Yeah, we're we, talking about it here. We, <laughs> we want yeah, good policing sure. too. Yeah, absolutely. so if that's your response to us, it's not. It shouldn't be, even though you think it is. It's not adversarial to us. We like yeah, we seeing it done right. Right, sure. hire those guys to train a lot of their colleagues. Yeah. It exactly. would help tremendously. And so um, that comment section really. made me pause because I do recognize that the way that policing looks to two groups in the United States to Americas to Americas is very different it looks very different but that example looks like what it should look like across the board yes um, high stress situation that really is a high stress situation right and the people Active with fire the people fi with training show right? up so hang on hang on Watch this before we get there, because I do want to talk about that. But if um, I, I remember uh, Philando Castile, yes, officer, I do have a gun. I have a, 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 a permit for my gun. Bang, 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 bang. That is not a high stress situation, right? The officer freaked out, right? Um, and probably every other example that I could possibly name. You We'd know. be here for days. Yeah. Um, e even if, even any, and of course we understand that you don't need a gun. You don't need to be threatening. You don't even need to be awake or <laughs> conscious in order to have your life ended by police officers. We've seen that time and again. And it's all under, you know, they, they, they do this and they, they're never convicted or I guess rarely convicted um, or rarely charged, almost never convicted. How about that? Um, and even when convicted, the sentencing is always it's you pretty know. light, yeah. So, um, and the reason for that is that they're able to say things like, oh, it's a high-stress job, and it's, you know, people don't know what we go through. And it's like, no, we saw what you went through. This person did not have a gun pointed, raised, was not operating the gun, it was not firing bullets, it was not a high-stress situation. And we've seen you deal with people that don't look like us Boom. in high-stress situations Boom. a lot differently. Boom. With Talk a lot them. more empathy say and that grace you. and care and Tell patience them. and the execution of the training that you received there it is there it is right there so um when we actually see a high stress situation and we don't see the police freaking out i mean they were freaking out because obviously you human being that flight or fight or flight kicks in and you're just that adrenaline is pumping but high as about as high stress as you can get there's active gunfire you can hear it as they're running Okay. And even in the and visuals, then they're not in like every direction too. It's not it's, like it's, it seems like it's coming from just everywhere. right there. It, it it sounds and looks like it's coming from everywhere. everywhere. Right. And so, um, what what I'm able to see and what I'm able to take from that is that there is definitely, um, a way to do this. You know, I, I in in New Zealand, um. I, I got friends in New Zealand, so, you know, I've, I've uh, been able to kind of see what they do um, 
over there um, in Serato because I'm a DJ at the Serato factory and then at the uh, SoundSwitch factory. Shout out to Serato and SoundSwitch. Um, those guys uh, keep their guns in the trunk of their car. They don't take it out unless they need it. They just operate that way. They don't operate as though they're going to kill somebody or need to kill somebody, right? They operate as we need to protect and serve. And if things escalate beyond what our normal duties are. And you mean are, police officers over yeah, there? Yeah, police yes. officers. That's okay. what I mean. Not my friends. My friends are DJs. But um, long and short of it is there's different ways to think about policing. And, and the police budgets are definitely bloated and there's ways to reinvest that money into community programs that prevent things like this from happening in the first place and there's a bunch of different ideas and approaches to it and hopefully at the end of this long dialogue that we're having we'll be able to see some police reform but in the meantime credit where it's due shout out to those police in toledo ohio um i'll say it we salute you and now and if you're just tuning in to Civic Cypher, I'm your host Ramses Jack. They call me Q Ward. And um, we got we still got a lot of important stuff to talk about uh, on the show today. Um, not the least of which is Al Sharpton and Ben Crump. Um, taking on their first case involving a white person who was killed by the police. So um, if you listen to the first half of the show, you recognize that we, credit where it's due, had to salute the police for uh, an example that we came across in Toledo, Ohio. Um, but, you know, in, later on in the show, we're going to discuss a... Um, uh, a situation with um, you know police taking the life this time of a white child and you know what it means and why Al Sharpton and Ben Crump are jumping on that it just felt like it's up our alley and you need to know about it um, and also we have the way black history fact with DJ swirl um, that's coming up as well but for now I want to talk about our Baba section that stands for become a better ally and today we're highlighting a young woman by the name of Paige, I hope I said this right, Paige Bukers. Um, yeah, awesome person, you know. Um, and I, I do want to say that there's a lot of examples that we could have used, you know. Um, I really wanted to talk about what happened in England and the coaching that came to the defense of the black players when they were like you know all the racists came out to say whatever and what about and the, and the coaching staff and the and the prince even came up and spoke up but that's not in america and this is an american-based show so we got to talk about what's going on here but anyway so paige bukers i hope i'm saying her name right uh she is a white woman uh and she plays basketball if i'm not mistaken um she gave a speech for what's the name of the award show the espies espies um, I'm not a sports guy. I'm a music guy. Q knows sports. So thanks for that, Q. Anyway, um, she gets up and gives this speech and she says thank you and thank God. And she really sounded like she grew up playing basketball. She she got a little bit of. And just to be clear for you guys that don't know, she's one of the best basketball players on the planet. Oh, yeah. I mean. She's a star at UConn, which is a basketball factory, and she's one of the best to ever come through there. If you do follow sports, especially 
women's basketball, you know that being the best at a place like UConn is a really big deal. Yeah, I wouldn't know that. But she is a big deal for us because she is a great example on how you can become a better ally. She used her time in the spotlight to say she is a white woman in a black-led sport. That was one of the first things that she said. Um, She admitted that black athletes don't get the credit they deserve. Uh, Black women specifically. Black women, that's what I meant to say, sorry. And she said that their value to the sport is undeniable. That was a direct quote from her, and I I just thought that was very special. Um, She goes on to say something like, uh, she was nervous the whole time too, but she goes on to say something like 80% of the award winners um, from the uh, WNBA or whatever were um, black women, but it was the white athletes that received like 50% of the media coverage, and I I just felt like that was her using her time in the spotlight to highlight her privilege and the fact that the media coverage and the sport and you know all the things that go along with it don't really treat black athletes fair it's just an, a great example of how to use your privilege if you have any to bring a little bit of balance and fairness and equity to the to the world to mm-hmm. the universe in your own small way and Indeed. so in this moment we want to sh- salute her now um let's talk about al sharpton and uh ben crump so lawyers you know, Reverend Al Sharpton, but Big Crump is, is known more for being a lawyer. So, again, they're taking their first case involving a white person killed by the police. This person's name was, that's very sad, was. As soon as you said that word, I kind of, yeah. Yeah. Um, he was a teenager. So, I, you know, I, Q gets mad at me when I call teenagers babies, but I have a teenager and that's my baby, so. His name was Hunter Britton, um, and he was killed like 3 a.m. outside of a repair shop in Arkansas, um, unarmed, of course. And uh, I'll be honest, I don't know his story. You know, I was introduced to this um, via a CNN article and then some other research. Um, So I'm not sure exactly how Hunter's, you know, interaction with the police went, but I'd imagine if... Al Sharpton and you know Ben Crump are taking on this this story um, uh, or this case rather that uh, the the assumption is that he did not deserve to lose his life that day and the fact that he was unarmed I think further suggests that that was not the way his life should have ended in his teens out in front of a gas station for no real reason or not really posing a real threat that's that's what I imagine anyway. Um, if you know anything about Al Sharpton and, and Ben Crump, you do recognize that they are sort of advocates for black people when there is nowhere else to turn. You know, that's kind of the highest that you can get in terms of visibility and representation and people on your side and, you know, having some sort of uh, uh, um, fortifying optics on your case or situation or whatever. So for them to um, take on this situation with this white child uh, feels, white young man, (laughs) feels um, a little unusual. And it is a little unusual. But there's a reason for that. Um, And I want to get your thoughts on it, Q. So um, there's one quote. It says that um, 
I feel it's one of the most significant cases in the fight to push Congress for landmark police reform. And uh, and just so you know, there's no footage because the officer didn't turn off their turn on their body camera when they got out to, which should be illegal, right? And so I think that what they're trying to do here is use this as an example to move Congress to, you know, enact some some laws to hold police accountable when they don't do things like this because. At that, at that point, you know, dead men tell no tales. And this, this guy's gone. Hunter Britton, we're talking about him in the past tense. The officer who executed him on the spot is perhaps very much alive and getting paid. And so um, they believe um, that this could push lawmakers to pass the, quote, George Floyd Justice and Policing Act, um, which has stalled in the Senate, right? Now, um, there's another quote here I want to get off real quick. It says, that is going to be looked at differently because he wasn't a child of color. The police are supposed to protect them. And that's Ben Crump saying that. And um, there's another uh, quip a little bit later in the article where it says something about them wanting to pass what's called Hunter's Law, which feels like i don't know if that's something that they, they want to rename the george floyd initiative um as hunter's law i feel like that might be a little unfair but um this is kind of what we have here and so first off your your thoughts your initial reaction to this so i first want to say i have no issue with referring to teenagers as children okay as someone who recently adopted and is attempting to help raise one child is the best way to yeah, okay. describe the only reason i that i brought attention to it before is because i didn't want it to seem like you and i were being unfair when trying yeah. to garner some type of undue sympathy for sure. some teenagers in another story sure. by calling them babies yeah um so that's just we, we what, got we got big daddy mean. energy over here um <laughs> I told you when you told me about this story that my initial reaction was why like why is it a story why are they doing it um, and as you were introducing the topic today I had a bit of an epiphany hmm. I don't know this to be true because I don't know any of the people involved but I'd like to believe that just like we tried to express last summer we don't take to the streets to say kill more white people <laughs> we take to the streets to say stop killing, killing all, all of, of us. us yeah right and, except and all of the examples that we're given all of the cases that we see all of the bodies that are being buried look like us yeah so we have to call attention to the, the problem that area is of suffering the, the most yeah well said so we say black lives matter as not a way to disqualify or minimalize or marginalize the importance or value of other people's lives it's like hey can we have any dignity at all it's our shout and our request so any citizen unjustfully killed by law enforcement should be represented and should have someone stand up and fight for them just like you would me or Ramses or our children. 
the civil rights movement. <laughs> it leaned heavy toward black people because black people were the group suffering the lack of civil rights. But we're not saying civil rights for only black people. We are not saying justice for only black people. It's like us too, maybe, if you guys would consider it. Because clearly that's not what you want to do. It's not what you're currently doing. So the big question marks that I had when I first read the headline and when I first saw the story literally start to melt away as I'm listening to you talk about it. Because Hunter is not less important than Grayson or Christian that's or Adoniah. That's fair. So I can't. I guess I just told you a little bit about my initial reaction, but more about how I feel now as I'm listening to this. Someone's child should have made it home that night, should have woke up that next morning and should still be here now, and they're not. And we don't have all the details, but if this man was unarmed, he should have been shown the same grace and should have been provided with the same opportunity for life and even incarceration if he committed some crime. But it shouldn't have been. Yeah. But it shouldn't have been met with death. Yeah. Especially, like I said, when we've seen that the measures that and the and the, the the lengths that they can go to make sure that they apprehend someone safely in situations that are far more stressful, intense, and scary even than this, we've seen it. Absolutely. So we know that the training is being provided and that it's possible. We just wish this 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 could be a more uniformed thing. And that we don't have to keep having conversations like this because it's getting out of control. So there's um, an interesting thing here. I think that by them wanting to get behind this case, I think that it illuminates the... Forgive me if this sounds dramatic. I know that sometimes the nature of the show causes things to sound that way and this might be another example of that but um, these people Al Sharpton and Bidcrump are using this example of a police killing with a white victim as opposed to a black victim because it has a better chance of moving the hearts and the minds of the people preventing the George Floyd Policing Reform Act, I believe it's called, Justice and Policing Act, from, you know, actually making its way through the Senate. Um, if the victim is white, then folks will have to be able to empathize. And I think that what it does is it illuminates the fact that black bodies you know, the, the people's impulse, the media's impulse, and then people that live in their homes. Well, what did he do wrong, right? What, 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 well, he had to done something. What was he doing, you know? And they try to blame the person who has lost their life. And as we mentioned, um, you know, we live in a society where we're not savages, we're not monsters and beasts, and this isn't, you know, this is a modern society. We are able to take people who make mistakes rehabilitate them and get them back into society death is this is not a what is that called the a, a big brother state or whatever or, I, I forget the name of it but basically when they kill you and you do anything wrong you know nanny state or some some like some kind of state um 
this is not that. This is a society where people can exercise their freedoms if they go a little bit too far. We have checks and balances in place, for better or worse, that are designed to keep everything operational. The thing is, we see time and again that at the point where policing meets the actual citizens, that there are too often this type of mistake, which, as I mentioned earlier in the show, really needs a 0% error rate. If you pull out your gun, you better be a 1,000% sure because somebody is going to lose their life. And this cavalier attitude that people tend to have when it comes to death and black bodies, oftentimes, um, we've seen time and again that it doesn't move the needle, certainly doesn't move the needle in the way that we want. It might move the needle a little bit here and there every decade or two. We got, you know, a tiny step forward. But I think that with Al Sharpton and, and Ben Crump, what they're banking on is the fact that, okay, if this child looks like the people we're trying to appeal to, if this child looks, had a quote promising future as opposed to the one time he shoplifted when he was 12 years old and I'll see he was gonna grow up and be a criminal, you know what I mean? How they did with, um, uh, from Ferguson, I forget his name, Ferguson, Missouri. Um, what's his name? Oh, Jesus, it'll come to me. Um, but you know what I'm talking about, where, um, you know, if it's a black child, then it's, well, what did he do wrong in the past that wasn't even happening on that day, you know? So, um, wait, what was his name? Help me out. Michael Brown? Michael Brown, Jesus. I don't know how I forgot that. But yes, Michael Brown. Um, and his name deserved to be said. I'm just, as you know, there's a lot of names to remember. So. Sadly, there are a lot of names and a lot of names in that part of the country. Missouri, Minnesota, uh, Michigan, Chicago, and, and other places. Um, there's some sad truths to what you just said. Okay. And then there's some kind of truths to okay. what you just said. The kind of truth. Okay. The so sad, absolute truth is that Hunter or any other white child being gunned down by police will trigger a different emotional response from the majority in this country. From, I wouldn't the say the officials. majority, but the people in those positions. Sure. Okay, there we go. Um, however, what our lack of motivation to make changes in our gun policies have shown me listen is that even when the victims are white they don't move and it's because in most of these cases the perpetrators are also white and our capitalist country gotta sell them guns has to sell whatever it is not yeah. just guns yeah. but you know in, in the name of Securing our union's capital, they've shown they're willing to bend on just about anything. I, I thought when when schools full of white children started getting shot up Sandy Hook. and white politicians started getting shot, that there would be some immediate gun reform. There was not. Because someone's bottom line would have been affected too much. Right? So you, you have this grand idea 
of white versus black in a country that was without question people absolutely founded and built on the back of the racism train that has also shown me that the rich will use that to manipulate the poor so you have dual ideologies growing from the same seed right convince poor white people that poor black and brown people are their enemies and they will never notice that you're robbing them too give them someone to look blame down upon to blame their problems yeah. on give them an adversary and they will vote for the man who's literally taking food out of their children's mouths the system is masterful and cruel and disgusting <laughs> at the same time yeah. so it is it's interesting to listen to it because if they renamed it that it probably would grow more legs right but as long as you have unions and lobbyists and people who stand to profit from the system being exactly the way it is they're going to be very very slow to make any grand changes you know um, those same people help them get into the seat that they're sitting in office to vote against them um you know not to not to backtrack here but you know in the first half of the show um if you were tuned in we discussed a gang shootout in ohio and police officers rushed in and they um we're, we're very brave and and you know we we did our best to give credit where it was due um, yeah, that's what heroic we, we, we don't like. believe that policing in its current version works well enough for everybody enough of the time but that was one example where it looked like what we thought it should look like and so we wanted to give them credit but i mentioned earlier in the show about the comment section um of the post where i saw that video i'm glad you brought this back up and one of the comments was is the solution more guns and it's it's interesting because mm. that comma was there because what you have is a gang shootout and then police rushing into it with guns and people fleeing the scene like it's a mass shooting you know obviously mass shooting is well i guess it does qualify but um the nature of this mass shooting is very different because it's a little bit more targeted and precise versus the mass shootings that we know um, that come to mind, which is just kind of indiscriminate executing of human beings at a grocery store or whatever. Um, but it's funny that someone in the comments section posed the question, is the solution more guns? And the NRA and the, the lobbyists and so forth might have you believe that, but I can assure you with great certainty, guns yeah. do not protect you. Guns allow you to kill people. What protects you is a bulletproof vest, and the police don't even protect you. Police show up after you've already been shot, you know, or the crime has already happened. It's a reactive effort. Um, and so, again, reinvesting and rethinking about how do we insulate ourselves from the problems that we right, have right now and how do we address problems before they become problems is at the core of the, the defund the police um, narrative, which admittedly is a bad title. <laughs> I don't think it'll ever really fly in some households, but... The idea of it is brilliant. It, you know, pre- let's, it prevents let's people from hearing that brilliant idea that yeah. you just said. The idea makes all the sense in the world. Yeah. Some people intentionally won't let themselves get by the catchphrase. Right. They, those are the people with the license plate, the racist, by the way, license plate. 
that has the the flag and then the blue stripe and the so a second ago i said i was glad you brought the comment section back up and okay, the reason why is because th what you just said someone please explain to me what that flag is supposed to mean it's just every time i see it my stomach i have a an actual reaction to it and i've started to see people that i know that look like us flying or wearing or posting that flag i was gonna say that and i'm like okay is, is there something that they don't know or am i did yeah. i make this something that it's not here's what it is so someone please help me my belief um before we get to school someone knows better than us someone's an expert someone who helped yeah. design that it please us message media. us call us please let me know <laughs> i'm at ramses shah and and at i am q board you can you can hit both of us up or at uh swirl what's your is dj swirl at DJ Swirl. Okay. You can hit any of us up. That's our producer. Anyway, um, my belief is that that flag is racist. It was designed as a response to people saying the police are killing us. And then there's a group of people who say, no, no, we got to defend the police instead of defund the police. We got to, you know, um, because Back the blue instead of listening to their countrymen and their their brothers and sisters of African descent and empathizing these people says no 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 we don't we, you know, no it's okay please keep killing them we'll support you you know and i know that's not the intention of people that buy the flags and fly the flags and so forth but the origin of that flag came about as a res a direct response to people saying black lives matter and protesting police injustices it came about as a result of kaepernick kneeling it came that's it didn't exist before then there was never a flag which by the way is an abomination of the actual u.s flag and if you look at the united states flag code that is a di that is how you disrespect the flag by changing the colors you can look at it yourself kaepernick never disrespected the flag you do when you fly that weird gray blue abomination of what the united states flag is supposed to be you're not supposed to do that that's facts yeah, i've seen a couple people that i went to college with in the last month or so one who is a police officer wearing that flag around his face as a mask and another uh supporting a promotion that her husband who is a police officer just got and the the the, po the first picture of her post was that flag and i was very caught off guard by it kind of knocked off my square by it because black people wearing and flying and posting and hanging that flag is just very strange well, to me listen to this there's a lot of people that perhaps in their heart of hearts mean well there's, i'm sure there's a lot of people that fly the the confederate flag or flew it and they mean well and they in their heart they well, they, they definitely still fly that yeah, flag but they didn't know what it actually meant what it was born out of what it you know um and they're to them it's just like well i just you know my cousin is a police officer and i don't want to see him get hurt or my my brothers you know what i mean that's what but i'm here to tell you that for all of your black brothers and sisters that is a slap in the face that is that is a a, a way to challenge us saying that black lives matter it's very hurtful and very disrespectful and if you look at the united states flag code you're disrespecting the flag that's all i got to say about that swirl let's talk about some way black history really quick point to Ramses' point what crump and sharpton are trying to do is the same thing as the opposite of the war on drugs yeah the war on drugs 
the response to that was one way and then as soon as it became the opioid epidemic the energy shifted Mm -hmm. and the needle moved to q's point sandy hook and january 6th those are two things that you think would be cut and dry issues not the case and also what's worse defund the police or the thin blue line Hmm. which one is helping move the needle in the positive direction Anyway, today's way black history fact. I'm glad that I'm, I did this because I did this on the fly because we didn't really do this. On this day in 2013, the hashtag Black Lives Matter first appeared, sparking a movement. Wow. Outraged and saddened after the acquittal of George Zimmerman, the Florida man who killed a black teenager in 2012, Oakland, California resident Alicia Garza posted a message on Facebook on July 13, 2013. Her post contains the phrase, Black Lives Matter which soon becomes a rallying cry and a movement throughout the United States and around the world. Garza said she felt a deep sense of grief after Zimmerman was acquitted. She was further saddened to note that many people appeared to blame the victim, Trayvon Martin, and not the disease of racism. Patrice Cullors, a Los Angeles community organizer and friend of Garza, read her post and replied with the first instance of hashtag Black Lives Matter. The phrase and the hashtag were then quickly adopted by grassroots activists and protests all across the country, particularly after the subsequent killings of, as you discussed earlier, Michael Brown, Eric Gardner, and a number of other African Americans at the hands of police officers or would-be vigilantes like Zimmerman. After the May 2020 killing of George Floyd in Minneapolis unleashed a nationwide protest movement against police brutality and racism, Support for the Black Lives Matter movement increased by a 28-point margin in two weeks, almost as much as it had in the preceding two years, according to the New York Times. Perhaps more than any other phrase since Black Power, Black Lives Matter became a singular rallying cry for the American and global racial justice movements. Wow. Now. Synergy. I knew that. A lot of you might not have known that, but I knew that. And the reason I knew that is because, I won't say who, but one of those women is very close um, with my, like, ha- like, like adopted mom sort of figure. Um, and really, she's my teacher. I like calling her my teacher because she literally was my teacher. Um, Dr. Camilla Westenberg, who's been on the show a-, a few times and certainly helps us when it comes to consulting and and informing sort of us with topics things like that and so i was kind of right there with her as she was kind of helping bring that to where we live which is in arizona um and recognized that initially it was something that really felt empowering it didn't feel like we were taking sides in a war there was no opposition early on you know, um, there was no all lives matter in the early days of, you know, the BLM movement, if you will. Um, again, it came about as a way to challenge. Like there's people who the world makes sense to them when black people are suffering. That's the only way that, and they can't see. And, and everything that happens is black folks' own doing. Even And even black people are are you have instances of black people succumbing to this way of thinking because you know as we mentioned there's institutions that are even more powerful than the human beings that uphold the institutions right it's like indoctrination 
right? So, you know, I'm glad that we we took the time to to talk about that. I do want to, if you're listening to us, first off, we appreciate you listening to us every week. And we know that there's so many things that we're not talking about. There's things that come across your timeline. There's things that come across our timeline. So many things we can't talk about. One of the things that I do want to take a moment to, to do, and we'll have to do it next week, is we want to take the time to honor our native brothers and sisters and the traumas that they have had to relive in reading the articles about the, the bodies of children being unearthed at these schools and so forth. And, and in Arizona, there is a, a whole street, a major street in Arizona, for those who don't live here, it's called Indian School Road. And on Indian School Road, there is an actual Indian school on Central Avenue, so it's right in the heart of the city. Um, and uh, there's a lot of history there with Native folks, a lot of really troubling history that those folks went through. And so I do want to let folks know that there's that and other things that we missed that we will try to incorporate in, in future shows. But, you know, as Swirl put it, it's timely that we discuss the origins of Black Lives Matter. And, you know, we had a Baba example, but if, if I have a, a few more moments of your time here, it looks like I do, um, I do want to say that you are the biggest weapon in the the war on inequality and and white supremacy and social injustice and political injustice you the listener you are um if you are a black person your voice carries in circles that perhaps white voices don't if you're a white person hispanic person your voice carries in circles in your home in your social circle and so forth and and this show exists to empower um, black voices and empower black allies and uh, both of those things are important for us to all get to where we're going and uh, you know I'm, I'm glad that this was our way black history fact and I, I wanted to leave you with that um, so yeah and I, I think that's pretty much where we're going to leave it today so um, should. once again thanks for tuning in to Civic Cipher I'm your host Ramses Jow they call me Q Ward and uh, please hit the website civiccipher.com check out this and all previous shows um, be sure to make a donation if you can it really helps the show grow uh, follow all our social media at Civic Cipher uh, show produced by DJ Swirl and uh, yeah connect with y'all peace Yo, we handle it. These brothers are fabulous. Dilated, showing you where rhyme travel is. Worlds is between from sunlight to moon. Busting off stage like gunfight saloons. Pull my mic back, you like that? Journalists, we're journalists too. We can strike back. Hardcore reporters with orders from headquarters. Behind enemy lines, sidestepping the borders. With press passes, we bring it to you as it happens. The streets love my crew for music and rapping. Street commander slash beat expander. Here to fight the slander with the proper propaganda. What's happening?